There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When I started working with NFTs, what I did first was I just... This is episode 73 of the Arts Academy podcast. How to make and sell NFTs with Victor Varnado and Roxy Lim. Uh, how much do you know about NFTs, by the way? Um, I I know just about as much as I can Google. Um, right. But so I, can, you're, I would say I'd know more. I wish I would know more. If you're going to explain to somebody what an NFT is, what would you say? I know the acronym is a non-fungible token. Um, to my understanding, it, you own the original file of the piece like the art piece that you're selling um mm -hmm. and that it's sold for cryptocurrency which is normally much higher than um you, the dollar is worth right now so okay i i that's sort of how i look at it i mean i i can't tell you completely everything about a non-fungible token but i can tell you that some, a description that i've heard that i really like is a non-fungible token is a basically a a digital a digital imprint or string or an address uh basic it's called it's a token of course and it's unique and it's very similar to having the signature of an artist uh, an artist uh, having proof that the artist says that this is their original digital work okay and when you're when you're and in some things that's how they that's this is brand new because there wasn't really a way to uh, honor digital artists, I think, like this previously. And now there is. There's a way to like collect the work of digital artists, although you're not exactly collecting their work, but you're collecting their promise that that is uh, their original work and you're collecting you're collecting their... Basically, it's kind of like just collecting their signature. It's like saying, I... I agree that you have my original work or you have purchased my original work from me. It's very, it's very weird because it's, it's like, uh, it's like something where you're not going to be able to grab it with your hand. And so that I think throws a lot of people off about it. Yeah, that's definitely something I've been thinking about when it comes to creating NFTs and understanding that world. Um, someone did explain it to me, like if there's only a one of one Picasso or something and you're the person that gets to own it, just think of that like in a digital way. So that's how I've tried to see it. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I, the thing I explain to people is like when they're talking about, well, why would you, why would you do something that you can't, like you can't put it in your hand. How does that have value? It has value because of us. Obviously, we put value in something, but it's actually no different than when you think about it than uh, moving money electronically. Like you don't touch money when you're using a card and you're just trusting <laughs> in the value of those numbers being pushed around. 
And to, honestly, the dollar itself, like the actual physical dollar that hasn't, that has no real value. It's just, we've all decided that we're going to treat it like it has value. Anyway, so uh, that's what NFT is. Value that we decided on. Congratulations, everybody. We're quite the species. All right, so let's uh, let's get started with, uh, I'm gonna just tell you exactly how I got into NFTs, and uh, that's what we're gonna do this episode. Uh, just talk about how NFTs, uh, how I went from zero to actually being on foundation and selling an NFT. All right, so first of all, when I started hearing about NFTs, I was like, whoa, how much? And so I was like, I'm an artist, and I am. I'm an artist who uh, has made art outside of the NFT world, but I've never made any sort of crypto art before this had all happened. Uh, I'm a New Yorker cartoonist, and uh, also I write cartoon, I make cartoons that just end up on napkins. And so both of, of them have great value. Anyway, <laughs> I think that uh, I think that when I started working with NFTs, what I did first was I just looked up everything I could find about what the market was like and how people made NFTs. And basically, here's what I found out: that in order to make an NFT, to mint an NFT, uh, you need about as much skill as um, about as much skill as moving around on Facebook and um, as navigating your banking uh, software. If you've got a bank that you have on your banking software on your phone or you go to their website. So that's pretty much it. You just that's a, that's the amount of skill that you need to make an NFT to mint an NFT. What minting an NFT is is creating the token which represents the unique NFT on a database called a blockchain. So basically that cost that that cost uh, both uh, time, it cost computer power, and it cost money to do in most cases. Um, and so basically what happens on a site like Foundation is you have a an image or a video file or something, you have some sort of digital media, you upload it to their website, then you pay a fee, which is called minting, and you pay, a, well, sorry, the fee is actually called gas, the act is called minting. I know there's a lot of people who really know a lot about crypto art who are just about ready to run over to my house. I'm so glad I got to stave you off that way. But <laughs> the the act is called minting uh but the fee that you pay for the minting to happen is called the gas fee and then you you upload it you pay the fee through your crypto wallet and the crypto wallet is actually not hard to do i i had a friend transfer cryptocurrency to my wallet because i found out that when i uploaded uh, when i put money in my crypto when i bought crypto Apparently, it took like a couple of days for it to become active. So I paid money to buy Ether, ETH so I could sell this thing. Then I found out that I wouldn't actually be able to move the ETH to where I wanted it to be for another three days. So I had to borrow ETH from a friend. And then I was able to, to because uh, I have to move the ETH, ETH uh, is it called Ethereum? Yes, I have to move the Ethereum to the quote-unquote wallet, which is connected to Foundation by copying the address, uh, and then someone puts the to address in their 
in their transaction to that long chain, which is the address of my particular wallet. And then Ethereum shows up and then I can start spinning it like a credit card. And I spent it, I minted my first piece, uh, which is really just me uploading a JPEG. And then I clicked on the uh, yes button when it said it's going to cost you this much Ethereum. And I was like, that's not real money. And so I clicked the yes thing. And then uh, my piece was on the blockchain, which is a database, uh, the Ethereum blockchain. Then the piece is put in escrow, actually. So the, your token, the token that has been created when you put it up for sale, is taken by foundation and put in escrow. So it's held in another magic digital place that you can't reach. And then when someone buys it, the token is then transferred on the blockchain to them so that you can see it on the blockchain that they're the owner. In fact, when foundation, when you put something on foundation to sell uh, and you list it, then foundation also is listed as the owner or the what, whatever uh, profile that foundation uses to show that they have ownership. They're actually listed as the owner in the database or on the blockchain. Uh, a couple of interesting things that uh, people have asked me, how did you get on foundation? So um, let me explain quickly what foundation is, and then I'll tell you exactly how I got on it. I'm, I'm actually just checking the time because each episode of, of this show is only 30 minutes. I have a big old mouth. I've been blabbing for like 12 minutes. So I just want to make sure I haven't like talked all through everything. Um, how's it going, Vice Queen Roxy? I'm good. Um, as you're explaining it, uh, I do have a couple questions more like just conversational questions. Um, so I guess like in terms of benefit, like what would you say the benefit of going through this process is like for artists? For an artist, uh, I think that there is no real benefit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, I mean, yes, yes, you can make money. Yes, you can make money. But I mean, as we all know, you can make money in a lot of different ways. And, and a lot of people are thinking it's like a gold rush, but it's not really like that much of a gold rush compared to just like every other thing that's out there. Just like every once in a while, somebody makes a dumb song that everybody starts passing around. And then that person makes a million dollars selling it on like Amazon music. It's just like everything is a gold mine. It's possible. I mean, it's, it's just that because this is brand new technology, people are uh, leaping for it, but I can't say there's a specific benefit. And I also will say this, uh, I actually don't judge what's beneficial to people. So I really don't know. (laughs) So it's just, um, in your opinion, it's a, it's a new alternative avenue to gain your revenue, but it's not necessarily the best way. It's just a new way. Yeah, it's just a new way. It's just a new way to get revenue as an artist. And I actually will tell you what I think is the best way to, um, if you want to make a big sale, I'll tell you what I think is the best way to make a big sale because I myself am taking that path to making a big sale. And I'll tell you what that is after I explain how I got on foundation. So one of the things about NFTs is there are open markets, which is where anybody can sign up. Anybody can make an NFT and put it up for sale. And as you might imagine, be when anybody can make an NFT or anybody can upload any sort of digital art, 
You know, there's a lot of penises that people have uploaded, little drawings of penises. There's a lot of just random stuff. There's a lot of people who've taken pictures of other people's work and uploaded it. You know, there's, it's the Wild West. So that's why places like Foundation are sought after because they curate the people who are on there for the most part. They are growing really fast and they, the way that they are getting more artists involved on it up until uh, at least a week or two ago. Now, somebody told me that they stopped doing this, but I don't know for sure. So they used, to, so as far as I know, they still do an invite system where, and in fact, and in fact, I myself have given an invite to somebody less than a week ago. Okay, so as far as I know, they're still doing an invite system. And what that means is if you are an artist on foundation and you make a sale, then they give you a certain number of invites so that you can invite other artists. And that's how they, that's how they spread. And so people were flipping out because sometimes on foundation, people are making like half a million dollars and selling one NFT. So people are flipping out. They want to get on this site because they think it's going to solve all their problems. Um, and in fact, I, I thought that it was going to solve all my problems. I was like, Oh, I'll just get on this site and I'll just sell, I'll just be a multimillionaire. It's going to be so easy. Um, it wasn't anyway. So what I did to get on the site, uh, is I basically uh, did a couple of things. And, and here's the thing, Foundation will remove your account if somebody sells a, an invite or if they catch you selling or trying to buy an invite or anything like that, you'll, you'll get your account deleted. And so basically what I did was I went on Foundation, I found artists that were making their first sell that I liked I, I went to those, I went to those artists on Twitter or Instagram and I said, Hey, congratulations on making your first sell. Uh, I really like your art, honestly. Um, and I know that, uh, getting on foundation with an invite is the only way to get on foundation. So I'm reaching out to people whose art that I liked either way, if you can help great, uh, if not, thank you very much. And that was it. So that's what I sent to people. Just a polite note. Um, it got me zero invite, not, not one, but I did make a lot of friends and I was true to my word. So like, that's why I picked people whose art I like, because when they, would, when they would talk to me and they didn't have an invite, I could still say, your art reminds me of whatever it reminds me of, or I like it because of this. And we just started having conversations. And so I just learned what the best way was to go about getting an invite from just talking to people. And here was the way I got an invite. So one guy tells me, hey, Victor, you ever heard of Twitter? He didn't say it like that. I was kidding. Uh, anyway, so one guy says to me, hey, on Twitter is where most people uh, market their NFTs. And it is, it's a hotbed for NFT marketing is Twitter. And so one guy says to me, hey, on Twitter, a lot of artists are putting up uh, invites for, invites for uh, basically, uh, they, they're trading people invites. They say, basically, an artist will go up on Twitter and say, hey, I've got an invite for Foundation. Post your art below. I'll pick the best. Also, follow me and retweet. <laughs> and so they basically just make it into like this crazy raffle game show uh, to get an invite. So then, then I thought that doing that was beneath me. <laughs> So what I did was I would post on their thing and then I would write them a personal note <laughs> as well. 
and the note would usually say something like, "Hey, this is ridiculous. Uh, if you, I, I would, I, you know, I'm an, I'm a working artist. I would very much like an invite, and if you have one, great. And if not, thank you very much. I'm not gonna read you. <laughs> I mean, I would just be, you know, I just wouldn't do that part. I just didn't want to like make it some sort of exchange. Then one person was nice enough to actually give me the invite, even though I was being a big uh, jerk princess. All right, and so uh, he gave me an invite, and then I got on Foundation, and then I uh, went off to make my first NFT sell. So that was, from beginning to end, how I got on Foundation. Yeah, um, I haven't gotten that far yet in terms of my Foundation process. But as you were speaking, I just kind of... I was thinking about Clubhouse, too, and how Clubhouse has like a very similar um system not with nfts but just in terms of invite access uh -huh. um and it really just makes me like wonder are nfts making arts more accessible or are they making it harder to access art? does that make sense harder I, to access no i think it, i think it makes art more accessible i mean you mean to be an artist or to collect the art oh, or to, to appreciate the art. art to collect and appreciate it you know. I mean, appreciating it, it's making it more accessible, <laughs> definitely. I mean, yeah. to collect it, you can collect tons of NFTs for very little money that are terrible. You can do that. And you can also collect some that you might see some uh, promise in also for very little money. So, I mean, I, I, I don't think it makes it any more or less accessible than any other thing. The technology might be a, a barrier for some people, though. Okay. I mean, like, you know, if my grandma was like trying to get an NFT, she would, her head would blow up. Oh, oh no. Um, <laughs> uh, did you want to share what your NFT looks like? Uh, yeah, actually, we should talk about that. Okay, so when I, um, first, I will, I will share my NFT, I'll tell you about my NFT, and then I'll, I will tell you why I did not make a lot of money, and then I will we'll share the, actually, anybody can look at the NFT. If you uh, look up Victor Vard, just Google Victor Varnado, New Yorker cartoonist, um, probably the first image that comes up is going to be a, a cartoon of two men on a mountain that I drew after, uh, this is actually uh, after George Floyd's death. I drew this cartoon and uh, the New Yorker published it. And it was just about um, recognizing racism in America. So it went kind of viral. And so I was thinking, oh my gosh, I have an, a digital original of my cartoon uh, that I'm going to sell as an NFT. People love like things that have some sort of like story or social backing behind it. I'm going to make a bazillion dollars selling an NFT. That's exactly what I thought. And so I was like, I'm a New Yorker cartoonist. That way, that carries weight. And then I uh, put it up online on Foundation, and then. Um, one of my friends bid on it and no one else did just not a, not a single person. So the auction came and went. And so, um, I realized later that the problem was that I am not embedded at all in the NFT community and, or I don't have something I, that I like something isn't happening outside of the NFT community with me that is big enough that is going to spur on my sale. For instance, like if 
I had created that cartoon as an NFT right when I first made it and it was going out. It 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 could have been uh, my calling card. Like it could have been a calling card for me and then people would have been mo more interested in bidding on it if it was happening at the time that the NFT was made, but it was not. So just basically, I had really bad PR and marketing for my NFT. I just kind of stuck it up there and thought it was gonna sell itself. That is not exactly true unless you're at a certain level in the NFT and crypto art world, which I am not. All right. And so if I basically just got my NFT back from my friend. I, I gave him his money back. And I actually, I still owe him for the gas fees of the transactions, but I gave him his big load of money back and I got the NFT back because I know that it has a potential because I've actually, I talked to a lot of people who are in the NFT world and I was like, what do you think? Does this have potential? And they were all like, yes, 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 but you have to market it right. And so, uh, I'm going to, so right now I'm sitting on my NFTs and I do a lot of stuff. And sometimes my name is in the paper and stuff. And so I'm just waiting for like the next thing that is going to pop like marketing wise for me. And so if something interesting happens, then I'm going to actually start pushing my NFT when a lot of people are going to be traveling toward me. Cause like usually like if I publish something or some sort of like something that I'm working on comes out, then suddenly like my name is in the news more. And then, so that is when I was try to push my NFTs. Now we're just going to talk about how to make them. Cause there is a lot of ways to make NFTs. I, I, um, I'm on a forum in Facebook, um, an NFT forum, and people are always asking, can I do this? And can I do that? Uh, probably the answer to everything that one might ask is yes. Uh, because it seems like the, it seems like the definition of what an NFT can be is just growing and growing quickly right now, like really quickly. Yeah. Anything goes from what I've seen. Um, I mean, if anyone remembers the viral hit Neon Cat, that rainbow cat made out of a Pop-Tart, it sold mm -hmm. for, I think, 531,000 USD at the time uh -huh. for the original. Um, <laughs> and then a, a Brooklyn filmmaker had sold 52-minute audio clip of him and his friends farting, which is just wild to me that either of those things would be worth that much money. Well, I mean, it's just like be having the, it's really just having the bragging rights to say you have the original or you want to support the artist, all of those, or you just think it's just ridiculous. It, 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 I feel like NFTs are all like personality. I mean, but that's the way regular art is too, which is, I mean, they're all regular art, I guess, but in it, but physical art is uh, personality too, because sometimes people will, sh will sell like giant blue squares and that'll cost like $3 million as a, uh, you know, finished oil painting. So I don't, I really don't see the difference. It's fine. Anything like if people want to pay a million dollars or half a million dollars for Nyan cat, awesome. More power to them. I personally would not pay a half a million dollars for Nyan cat, but if people want to do that, then that's totally fine. Um, I have, as far as like NFTs goes, I do think that at least from what I've seen personally, I've seen that, that either the notoriety of the artist sells an NFT or the NFT being like, ex like a, like snazzy. Like if it's a really, really solid visual, 
then that uh, is something that can sell. Of course, there's a lot of ways to make solid visuals. And then, and then one thing that I have uh, seen is that uh, as the market has moved forward, then it's shifting because I feel like the novelty of an NFT was the first thing that was uh, selling. So anybody who had an NFT, people were just like jumping up and trying to like be part of it. And then as more artists really are getting into it, it's starting to level off where like people really want something that is visually exciting as their NFT, or they want something that has a, a, a real story behind it. Um, this guy that I knew, he was actually one of the guys who I reached out to when I was like originally trying to get on a uh, foundation. He, I think just figured out like exactly what worked for him. Cause he is not really a known artist, but he really does slick looking pixel art. And so he did some pixel art animations. And one of his biggest ones was called dogs, 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 dogs. Uh, and as an unknown artist, basically making pixel art, like the type of thing that you could spend like one day making in your house. And he made this really cool looking pixel art thing. And it was just cool looking. And that's really what it was all about. And it sold, I think for $200,000. Uh, wow. And this is a guy who was really just getting into it, but it sold for so much, uh, because it was pretty it had great animation it had a bunch of different dogs i mean it was called dogs 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 so i mean it should have a bunch of different dogs but um but his was made like i think completely digitally uh there are also people who sell art which is really just pictures pictures or scans of physical art that they sell and those are static i feel like static images don't sell as much unless they are extremely high quality visually or they're from a named person. So if you're going to like, you know, grab your acrylics and hit the paint, uh, hit the paint. Wait, I don't mean the paintbrush. If you're going to grab your acrylics and hit the canvas with your paintbrush, then hopefully either you are a, an amazing renderer or you also have a name for yourself because that will help a lot yeah one of the um more interesting nfts that i've seen recently was a producer is selling um like audio loops as nfts mm -hmm. like yeah. unique audio loops that wouldn't be able to be owned by anybody else so i thought that was really cool because he also made like visuals to go with those audio loops um, and so I think it, it is like really cool to see it also being used in music as well. He's so he's, he's making unique visuals. I mean, unique audio loops, but wait, so, cause with NFTs, it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't transfer the rights usually unless that's part of the uh, contract. So most of the time, like for instance, like if you bought an NFT for me an NFT of a, a mouse that I created, then you would have the original of that art piece, but you wouldn't have the rights to the mouse. And so like, yeah. for instance, with most audio NFTs, it's like someone can sell you an audio NFT 
but you just have the you just have the the rights to the token, but you don't own the rights to the beat. Like I couldn't take the beat and release it in my own song because I don't have the rights. Yeah, I'm I'm not exactly sure um, like what the contract would say for it. Uh, I just know that it's. Um, yeah, it says each melody loop and swirl is unique and there will never be duplicates because they're one of ones. That's all it said in the description. Okay, so it's just like a regular NFT. It's just a token. So it's an NFT token. Yes. Yeah. No, I shouldn't say NFT token because T stands for token. <laughs> it's a um, non-NFT token. Yeah. Were there any other um, NFTs in terms of like their art form that interested you? Yeah, actually, there is this place um, called Sedition, which I'm actually very interested in. So this is a market um, sort of like a foundation market. And the reason I'm actually bringing this up when we're talking about um, the different ways you can make an NFT is because on Sedition, it's basically a network of people who have a uh, subscription and then digital art is shown on their screens wherever they are. So like say if you had a dentist office and then the digital art is on the screen. And so the screens are generally a certain size, like 16 by nine, a TV size. So when you're making art for them, a lot like it's, it is great for them if you make it 16 by nine. So uh, that's actually one of the things why, one of the things that um, I kind of think about a lot because like different platforms ask for in it, if ask for NFTs in different uh, aspect ratios. Oh, I didn't realize that. Well, wow, welcome as... to the world of <laughs> NFTs. I love learning. <laughs> Me too. Actually, I, I love learning myself. No, yeah. I, um, I, I bet I, I'll tell you one thing that I have that you don't have, right? A roll of hot pink tape. Do you have that? No. I don't have hot pink tape. I do. Check it out. Is that Here's... an NFT? Um, it is not an NFT. It is hot pink tape. <laughs> um, I, is the art behind you an NFT? Um, it could be, but it is not. It totally, it could easily be an NFT. It could be, we could, we could make an NFT. We should make an NFT. In fact, if you want us to make an NFT, why don't you title the NFT for us? And we're going to make an NFT, everybody. You title it. We'll make it. So we'll probably check the comments in the uh, episode when this is released. We're going to make that happen, everybody. So yes, um, I now I'm not I'm not the authority on, on what sells for sure, but I I am a just a research hog. Like I will research and and look at uh, data and watch things and and try to figure out exactly what's happening because i love to like figure out a trend and then come out like a data king and i found that i found that as long as your nft like looks like professional animation it's more often gonna sell than the ones that don't look like professional animation and the ones that it look the ones that have motion seem to sell a lot more than stills and stills do sell but they have to be amazing either an amazing idea an amazing visual or both or and also if you are a uh, person with a name then you can sell one but um, one of the things i like to do is if you are 
if you're trying to create exciting visuals for an NFT and you yourself um, are not like, I guess, the most profound digital artist, what I found is, uh, or at least the most technically adept digital artist. This is, this is actually more appropriate because I think one of the things that separates people in the NFT world is actual just knowledge of a lot of the software that people use. Like, especially if I would say the, the majority of NFTs are 3d, not everybody's about to jump into 3d software and make something amazing. Um, but, uh, do you do you know 3d software i don't know how to use it i know 3d artists so oh okay gotcha i mean there are actually collaborations where people come up with an idea and they have a 3d artist created and that collaboration becomes the nft instead those happen as well too um but for me like i i actually used to do a lot of 3d art because i was just curious but i don't do a lot nowadays although i understand it however um when I, I'm very interested, especially on this other site, Sedition, in moving into uh, NFTs that are a tableau of art. NFTs that are a tableau of art with uh, layers treated different digitally. I love to use like hand-drawn animation and then use uh, digital processing to change the way that hand-drawn animation is ultimately presented. Uh, I think that may not be completely clear, but I think I can, I can show you what I'm talking about. If you have just a second, do you, do you like, if you were going to get into the NFT world, what kind of art would you be making? I was actually curious to know your thoughts on like, if this would benefit filmmakers since it is more of a visual, um, element to it that helps sell them. Um, you know, because there's all types of ways that you can create experimental film and like use mm -hmm. a lot of editing. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that it could definitely benefit filmmakers. I mean, I really do. I mean, in fact, in fact, one of the things that I want to do on the sedition thing is like, I have a lot of like stories and things that I've written. Um, and I want to illustrate moments in those stories and make them like moving tableaus. It's almost like doing, making an animatic of moments from these worlds or stories that I've created. Like that's actually one of the ways that I want to use it. And, and I think as a filmmaker, it's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be just a combination. So this is like an example of, this is like an example of something that I made. <laughs> I made um, this. I made, what? Is this you? Yeah, that's me. Oh. Yeah. This is something that I made actually over like maybe three, four hours, I was just like experimenting. And, and with this, like I hand drew animation and then I made it its own layer. And then I drew animation for the background and I made it its own layer, but the background has a treatment on it. Like, um, I forgot what it's called, but you know how like they used to do uh, pixelate, like things are dots in old comic yeah. books. Yeah, yeah. For whatever that is called. So, I mean, I started using that, and I just wanted to experiment on like how it might look because then I can make bigger pictures and scenes with things. Um, and this is just a way that I'm going to try. And this is just an experiment with the way I'm going to try and merge. Um, I, cause I love doing cartoonings and drawing and animation. I want to merge animation and digital work in a way that is appealing. 
which might be an interesting way to make an NFT. Like this is like actually way more rough than something I would publish as an NFT actually. But I think you get the idea about how I want to mix and merge things. Yeah, this would be cool um, in in like storybook form. These oh, yeah. types of things. Yeah, because it reminds me of um, like the pop-up books, but now it could be like in a digital way. Whoever oh, yeah, absolutely. That. It could be like a digital pop-up. It actually reminds yeah. me a little bit of some stuff I did when when um, uh, we worked on The Great Fantasy Debate, which is a game show for uh, Facebook Watch, where, uh, where authors and comedians argue over nerdy stuff. <laughs> so the animations in there were like, I modeled them after pop-up books. I like, created these animations for the game show, and uh, it was like very pop-up book looking, which is cool. Yeah. Um, someday I'll show it to you. Who knows? Yes. All right. Yes, so yeah. if you are watching live, what I, here's what I want you to do. This is this episode was shorter than the last one, which is totally fine. I don't mind having short episodes. It means that I have less to do later. But if you are watching live and you want uh, to ask a question, now's the time to ask that question because otherwise we're going to start wrapping it up. Uh, so also for you, uh, Roxy, Roxy, do you, so you said you were, you're kind of like wanting to dip your toe into NFTs. And then when I asked you, what kind of art would you make? You kind of turned it back on me and asked me a question instead. So what's the answer? Um, so I have been trying to create, well, a little bit about myself is that I'm a filmmaker that likes to integrate poetry into their work. So mm -hmm. I create visual poems. And so with the rise of NFT, I've been wanting to create visual poems that would be sold as NFTs. Um, so that's what I've been trying to work on and learn more about. I think, that's a, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I think yeah. you should absolutely. Yeah, you should absolutely do that. That's great. Yeah. I just like, I like art that is immersive. Um, and, you know, prior to learning about NFTs, I was already like very curious about AR and VR, but now mm -hmm. I'm just seeing so much of those types of immersive experiences that I'm also very curious. So. I'm interested in doing like, like either frames or, or moving frames or making like them like, you know, five to 10 second, like little films that are like all animation and whatever, telling a story because a lot of people do looping uh, animations. And then it's interesting because you could easily, like if you're going to cut to different things, it's easy to, <laughs> to mask the looping. Yeah. So do you mean like, um, like super, super short, like very short, like 20 mm -hmm. seconds. Oh, yeah. wow. Like a twenty, like a twenty-second film would be a great NFT. Just like a that would be fun. Yeah, and then and then, but then I could also make it an animation because if it's only twenty seconds, it would be easy to like make it just like do the do the opening credits for like half a second, <laughs> do the film, and then do the closing credits for like a second and a half, and that's it. Yeah, that would be really cool. I think um, it'd be. Way, I think it'd be great. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say for our audience, if you are listening and we're not able to watch this episode, Victor had shown us um, one of his animations. It's where he's flipping. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can find it on his Instagram. 
That's right. Check it out on my check it out on my Instagram. You'll know it when you see it. It's the only animation of me flipping through the air. <laughs> uh, so everybody, uh, please check us out at altartsacademy.com and artsacademypodcast.com. And we're we are at Alt Arts Academy on all social media. So uh, please check us out. Ask questions. We will answer your questions. We'll teach you everything we can about the mechanics of the art world and entertainment world. You can find us at artsacademypodcast.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.